Uh, I sent an email out this week uh, talking about how we'd love, and we're talking about this year, going deeper with God. One of the things that we want to do as a church is just have more time of sharing, more time where we open up the front for people to share what they're discovering, what God's saying to them. And so I want to make time for that after the, the sermon this morning. Uh, so if you've got anything that's on your heart that you feel that would be encouraging for other people to hear, uh, something that the Lord's been doing recently in your life, in your heart, uh, in your mind as you've been uh, going through our daily readings perhaps, uh, then I encourage you um, after I speak um, to, to make that time and to think about how you might uh, present that to us as a congregation. Um, Carol was mentioning that she was up at three o'clock and, and thinking about, about things and I just wanted to, just, before I head into the, the sermon, just say a few things I felt like the Spirit wanted me to, to speak on this morning. Um, and, and that is, uh, I, I wonder, I wonder if the church worldwide, and particularly our local church, is actually going to be called upon in the coming months uh, to actually stand up and be the church that God is calling us to be. Uh, when we look at the scriptures, when we look in Acts particularly, uh, the early church was a church that shared all that they had, and it was a, it was a church that actually reached out and touched the community uh, with love and support. And, and there's a, a verse in uh, Genesis in the story of Joseph where Joseph talks to his brothers and he says to them, you know, you intended this for harm, but God used it for good. I'm wondering if, if God's actually going to be saying something similar to us uh, in the coming months as a church, that um, you know, while a virus might be intended for harm, that God's going to use it for good and that he's going to call us as, as a community to actually share our goods with one another, literally. <laughs> Some of us might run out of things. Um, and to actually be just like we, the picture we saw in the early church in Acts. Uh, when we look at church history, the Black Plague and, and things like that, it was the church that stood up and, and took people into their homes and nursed uh, those who were, who were sick. And that did a, a great amount of... Uh, you know, publicity for the message of the gospel. The message of the gospel was actually able to transform communities because of the acts that the church did. And so, yeah, I'm just wondering in, in my mind and in my spirit as we wake up at three o'clock in the morning and the, <laughs> the Lord's saying, you know, let your light shine in the darkness, um, that, that this is actually what we may, may actually be called to uh, in the coming months. So, so think about that. The other thing that I'm thinking about is if we do, as a society, um, follow uh, the lead of, of Italy and other places like and countries like that, um, there there are times where uh, we, as as family, don't have time with one another, and maybe the Lord is going to actually give us time with one another, and that's actually going to be a blessing because people are going to prioritize. And they're going to realise what a blessing family is and what a blessing relationships are and that we're actually going to be given time to, to rekindle those relationships, to put into those relationships and to yeah, see, see those as a priority moving forward as, as then we get back into normal life. Hey, we were given time to, to bond uh, as a family and that was a great thing. 
So just a few thoughts uh, before we get into the Word. So we have been uh, looking at uh, this series. We've been doing our daily readings in our books. Trust that those have been going well. Um, And last week, uh, Hans was here and he talked about the first of the five things that we're going to be talking about, the first of the five callings. And he spoke about love, that the first thing is that we are called to be loved by God. Before we do anything else, we don't have to do anything for God, we don't have to uh, achieve anything, we don't have to be anything, we are just called to be loved. Now this is central to the gospel and we could just preach this every week. We love because God first loved us. It's not because of what I do. He just wants to love me. And he created me in order that he might love me. And this week we're going to look at a second calling in our life, and it's kind of similar. We've not just been called to be loved, but we have called to belong. We are called to belong. Now, I'm so excited about the subject of this because I just love declaring the fact, the truth to people that they belong. Because I think this is a deep hunger inside of every human being. Uh, we look at uh, peer pressure in, in teenagers. What drives peer pressure is the desire to belong, desire to be part of a group, desire to find their place. And each and every one of us has this, this desire in our hearts and in our lives to belong. And one of the great things about the gospel is that we find our belonging. We find our belonging in God and in the church. So um, I am not called to live in a treehouse all by myself for the rest of my life away from everyone else. Now, as an introvert, that sounds good to me. Uh, and as a father of six kids, hmm, <laughs> maybe, maybe that would be a, something God's calling me to. But there'll be some point where my life wouldn't feel right because I'm designed to belong to family. I'm designed to belong to community. It's in every single human being, this, this inner nature. Uh, the Bible says in Hebrews 2.10, God is the one who made all things, so we're designed, and all things are for his glory. He wanted to have many children to share in his glory. So God created the entire universe. He created uh, the earth that we uh, live in and exist in, and he designed it in order that we might live, but ultimately that we might live to be in his family. God wanted children in his family, and God didn't want us to be orphans or street kids or live in a treehouse up a tree away from everyone else. He's actually called us into community. And that family is called the church. So the second purpose of my life is that God has formed me for his family. God has formed me for his family. Um, If God didn't want a family, you would not exist. It's, It's a simple fact. 
if God didn't want us as in his family, we wouldn't exist. We exist because out of the love of the Father, Son and Holy Spirit that was before all time, they wanted us to belong and to be included in and joined in to the love and the family that they uh, that they have and, sh- and share with one another. And so out of that desire, they created the world and they created you and me in order that we might be drawn into that family. In the same way that any uh, married couple, when they first get married, they would make a decision. We desire to have children. We want to have children to be part of this family. And so they make that decision to have children to come. In the same way, God made a decision and desired designed and asked and wanted to have you in his family. And it says that in Ephesians. His unchanging plan, unchanging plan has always been to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. So the per- first purpose of God for my life is to be loved by him. The second purpose is that I belong to him. I belong to his family. And God's family is called the church. That's what God calls his family. Now, many people have different ideas about the church and certainly society has different ideas about what the church is. The church is not perfect, but the church is actually God's design and God's plan and that's what he calls his family. And Timothy says, I'm writing to you, uh, Paul says to Timothy, I'm writing to you so that you will know how to live in the family of God. That family is the church of the living God to support the support and foundation of the truth. So the family of God is the church. So God formed me for his family and his family is called the church. So I am called to belong to his church. You are called to belong to his church. We're not designed to be out by ourselves. We're not designed even to be uh, part of a community that is outside of God's design. Community is, is a thing and it is a good thing, but there's something more deeper and more rich about the church in uh, Ephesians, so now you are no longer visitors and strangers. Now you are citizens together with God's holy people. You belong to God's family. You belong to God's family. You belong to God's family. Now I just think that's one of the most amazing statements that we could say from the front. You belong to God's family. And I feel like I could just leave it there and we could just dwell on that statement for a long time. We belong to God's family. Now, as we know, the church isn't an event. It's not a program. It's not a building. It's the people. If you asked out in society what they think the church is, they'd say it's, it's a Sunday morning event or it's the building over there. The church isn't something we go to. The church is something we belong to. So what I want to do this morning is talk about five benefits of belonging. 
there are five benefits of belonging to the church. I'm going to focus really on the first two uh, in depth and the, the final three I'm going to speed through in order to give us time for, for sharing. The Bible uh, talks about the church and uses lots of different metaphors for the church. Um, there are a number of different metaphors for the church, but I'm going to talk about five this morning. First one is family. Second one is the church is called a temple. Third is the church is called a body. The fourth, the church is called a flock. And fifth, the church is called a garden. It's, now, the ch- church is called many other things in Scripture, but we're going to be focusing on those five because what we want to do is bring out the benefits of belonging, the benefits of actually being part of a community, not away um, up a tree somewhere, but what is the benefits of actually being part of this church. The first one is the family. Now, in a healthy family, one of the benefits of being in a family is that we are taught who we are. We learn our identity in family. So in God's family, I learn my true identity. I'm not going to learn my identity by the world. I'm not going to um, learn it necessarily from my parents or by my peers. My true identity is found in my relationship in God's family. Now, we're all concerned about identity, um, particularly as a, as a youth pastor for many years. I, I saw uh, this is a, a desire uh, in many of us. And we see it all around us, particularly in the clothes that young people wear. Um, young people like to wear branded clothes uh, because they have this sense that oh, if I wear this brand, then that kind of identifies me to this kind of coolness. <laughs> I, remember, I went to high school and we used to have these non-uniform days. And I hated the thought of non-uniform day because all the cool kids would come in their kind of brand new branded clothes and wear them really proudly. And the rest of us had our Kmart versions and, you know, they would laugh at us as we, we walked into school uh, with our non, non-uniform on. And it's just a, a great uh, example of how we've got this search right from an early age of identity. Um, when I left school, I... Um, formed a punk rock band and I started skateboarding. And one of the things about being a punk rock band and skateboarding is kind of the brands that are associated uh, with skateboarding and, and with, with that kind of music. And so um, I used to get certain stickers and put them on my car because I was like, hey, I'm identifying with kind of being a skateboarder. Um, and then uh, I got a posty bike and for many years I rode a posty bike and on my helmet, I had to find it in the shed because it's very dusty. There you go. Well, it's even got some things falling out of it. Um, uh, are some stickers that kind of identify with skateboarding. Globe shoes and Daily Grime was the shop and Arnett sunglasses and, and the bands that I was in and supported. And the, the funny thing was I used to ride my poster bike around Wondering if people noticed my helmet. <laughs> and I was like riding along as the person goes past. I wonder if they looked. Because then they'd like identify me as a punk rocker or as a, as a skateboarder. And I, I, I had this thought in my mind 
that I would feel value or feel important based on an identity about what I do or about what I associate with. Now, I laugh at that now uh, because I, I realise how <laughs> silly, silly that mindset was. But so many of us, whether it be in the jobs that we do or uh, the uh, genres of music we associate with or the sports teams that we follow, there is this um, a pseudo-identity problem in our society where we would attach ourselves to something that we think gives us identity. But the problem with those things is that they don't last. They never last. Uh, our, our jobs might change. Our teams might change. Society might change. Those bands no longer play anymore unless they get back together again after 20 years. <laughs> and it's silly to put our identity in something that's not going to last. In God's family, we're putting our identity in something in the church, and the church is something that is going to last forever. It is going to go on and on and on. I'm a child of the king. That relationship is what gives me my identity. I will not find my identity in in my achievements or in what I do or in who I associate with in a group, my identity is that I am a child of God. That is first and foremost. And as a child of God, I've been adopted into his family and he's given me a place at his table and I am welcomed. That is who I am. Yes, I can do other things. Yes, I can make a difference in the world. But my identity starts with knowing that I am a child of God and I am in his family. You might find um, an interesting thing that when um, particularly older men retire, uh, older men that retire and have had a job that is successful or very meaningful in society, they've, they've had a, a high sort of position that have done many good things, when they retire, if they don't have anything uh, to continue on with, quite often the trend is their health diminishes really quickly. It's actually a statistic. Uh, why? Because their identity was in what they did, not in, in who they are. All right. We, Ephesians 2, you are members of God's very own family. And you belong to God's household with every other Christian. We all find our identity in the church. I'm going to skip through those ones. All right, the second one. We've got the family as a metaphor. The second one is we have got the temple. In 1 Corinthians it says, Don't you realise that you, of all of you together, are the temple of God and his spirit lives in you. I'm not out here on my own. I'm not a lone ranger. I'm not by myself. In the strongest structure of a building, we support and we hold one another up. I don't know if you've uh, ever been um, in a, a building site and you've, you've watched a building uh, be built together. 
there are lots of beams, there are lots of pipes, there are lots of components to making a building. And what makes a building strong, what holds the roof up, is that all of those parts are the right amount of length and they all connect and they all uh, are together. So if a beam isn't long enough, it's not going to hold the roof up. If a, if a pipe isn't long enough, the water's going to go everywhere. So the temple is a, a picture of a, of a building of, of strength and that building gets its strength by its parts all supporting one another. A brick will support, the mortar will support, the wood will support, the roof will support, the window. Everything is connected together well and designed well because it's going to support. It, so in God's temple, I am supported by others. Now again, what an amazing benefit to be in his church and to, to find our belonging in the church. I'm not out on my own. I'm actually part of a body, part of a community that supports me and supports you. Now, why is this important? There are going to be times in our lives where we're going to need one another. And again, uh, looking into the next few months, there, there is going to be a time where we're going to need to live out this metaphor where we're going to need to support one another, that we're going to get our strength from uh, looking out for one another. In Christ, the whole building is joined together and rises and becomes a holy temple of the Lord. And in him, you too are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. We are being built together to support one another. Um, any of you know what this is? In, I grew up in South Australia, so I call this Lego. Some people strangely call it Lego. Uh, this is a Lego brick. <laughs> now, this brick is designed not to just be by itself. If this brick is by itself, the only good thing it is for is for children to leave it on the ground for their parents to step on and hurt themselves. <laughs> okay. But this Lego brick has actually got a design in mind, and that is it's designed to be connected with other Lego bricks, if I can find them. And that in that connection, it actually makes something beautiful and creative and, and, and built up. Now, obviously, I haven't made something very interesting there, but you get, you get the point. Again, a Lego brick is not designed to be out by itself. It's designed to actually be built up and be a component in the building, in the, in the creation. And the same way, you and I are God's Lego bricks. You and I are God's Lego bricks in which he has designed us not to be by ourselves but connected to other Lego bricks, other people, and in that connection we are built up into God's temple in which the Holy Spirit lives and dwells. And this 
piece is held up by this piece and this piece is held up by this piece. We support one another as we are built up. I'm going to just cruise through. And so another benefit is that we find support for one another in the church. The third analogy is that we are the body of Christ. Now, I'm not going to spend heaps of time on this. Our whole last year, we were talking about being a body. We are talking about uh, the puzzle person and everyone finding their sweet spot and every puzzle piece being connected with one another. Once again, if you do a puzzle and you have a piece missing and you step back and you look at your completed puzzle, what do you notice? You notice the missing piece. And it just goes to show how, once again, in the body and all of the, the body analogies that Paul uses, talks about how we need each other, how we are connected to one another. The, the eye can't say to the ear, I don't need you. The hand can't say to the foot, you're, you're no use. We're, all the parts of the body are needed to function and to function well. And so I need you. And you need me. That's the whole point of the body analogy. Again, if we cut off my hand and put it out to the side, away from the rest of the body, it's going to be useless. It needs the rest of the body to function. And so in the body, I discover my unique value. We all have gifts. We all have skills. We all have something that we bring to the body. And each person's gift is unique. Each person's life experience is unique. And what you bring is needed and valuable. Just as there are many parts to our bodies, so it is with Christ's body. We are all parts of it, and it takes every one of us to make it complete. It takes every one of us. It doesn't just take me and the worship team and the guy on the PA and the person who does partial care. We're all needed to make it complete. For each of us have a different work to do, and so we belong to each other, and each of us needs all the others. I need you and you need the person sitting next to you, quite often because they're your husband or your wife, Uh, but you need the person down the row as well. We belong to each other and we need each other. All right, the fourth analogy is that of a flock. Now, we might be looking at a flock in terms of going, what, so we're like sheep in a flock. Sheep don't seem very uh, what's the word? <laughs> they don't seem very bright. No, they don't. They don't seem, they don't seem very um, appealing, do they, as, as an animal. You know, I want to be a lion or I want to be an elephant or something like that. What, you know, Sheep just seems seems a bit silly. Um, our family 
uh, holidays um, up at a farm quite often and we, we see the sheep run this way and run that way. Sheep don't have a natural uh, way of defending themselves and they don't have a natural way of, of finding uh, food for themselves. They actually need a shepherd. And so it is, as we are in the flock, we, as the sheep of the flock, need Christ, our shepherd, to actually guide us and protect us and to look out for us. And um, so God made us, and we are his, we are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Um, I want to read to you uh, one of the most famous psalms, Psalm 23. We're going to read it from the, the Living Bible. Because sometimes we think about being a sheep and we think, oh, that's, that's not all that great. But when we think about being a sheep because we've got an amazing shepherd, it all makes sense. Because the Lord is my shepherd, I have everything that I need. Now I want to be a sheep. He lets me rest in meadow grass and leads me beside quiet streams. He gives me new strength. He gives me new strength. He helps me to do what honours him most. Even when I'm walking through the dark valley of death, I won't be afraid. For you are close beside me, guarding and guiding me all the way. You provide delicious food for me in the presence of my enemies. You welcome me as your guest. Blessings overflow. Your goodness and unfailing kindness shall be with me all my life and afterwards. I will live with you forever in your home. Now it makes sense to be a sheep. Now we're talking. Jesus says in John 10, I am the good shepherd and the good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. A hired hand runs away because he cares nothing for the sheep. But I am the good shepherd and I know my sheep and my sheep know me. I lay my life down for my sheep. They listen to my voice and they follow me and they give me eternal life and they will never perish. No one will ever be able to snatch my sheep from my hand. Now I want to be a sheep <laughs> because I have a good shepherd, a good shepherd who is, has my interests and needs, who guides me, who protects me, who leads me to where I need to be, who will not let anyone take me from him and who will guide me all my life into his everlasting arms forever and ever. In God's flock, I am cared for because we have a good shepherd, Jesus, who loves his church and who loves his flock. So in God's flock, I am protected and cared for. And finally, I've got to be quick. In the final uh, picture in, of the church is that of a garden. As a gardener, I love this one. I'm not going to spend too much time on it. Carol gave a great message a few months back about uh, this verse. Again, the main point about um, being attached to the vine, being the branches and Jesus being the vine, the church being the vine, 
is that we are designed to be productive. In God's garden, my life is productive. Now, we, again, can be productive in many ways outside of the church. Yes, we can do amazing things in our world. But we find uh, spiritual fruit and spiritual productiveness uh, in the church, and that's what we are designed for. And if I choose to be a branch that's cut off and away from the vine, again, there's no life flow flowing through me, and I'm not going to bear any fruit or any fruit that lasts. So in, in, God's, uh, in God's church, I find my identity, I'm productive, I'm cared for. There are, are many benefits. But I just want to um, finish with a, with a few things. Why should I remain disconnected from church when the church has so much to offer and so much that I'm longing for? Some of you might um, have gone through or are thinking through or perhaps in the future be wondering what, how church actually functions and, and whether it's actually for you. I want to say you will find so many of your deepest needs as a human being met in the church. And the church, and this church is not perfect. I am not perfect. Uh, uh, we have uh, many things that we can do better, yes. But this is church, God's design for you. God's design for you is for you to find your function and find your belonging in the church because in the church so many of your deepest needs that are designed in you are found. Many people find their identity in a gang or in a group and they might get a, a tattoo that would would uh, identify them to a gang or something. Do you know what the church's tattoo is? It's baptism. The way we know that we belong to the church is that we get baptised. And I just wanted to put it out there this morning that maybe some of you haven't uh, been baptised yet, you've been considering it. Uh, maybe now as, as going deeper in the things of God this year, you actually want to consider what that might look like for you and get the, the tattoo of being in God's family, which is to be baptised. By standing up in front of the church, in front of the community, in front of the world and say, I identify not with uh, a helmet of punk rock, but I identify with being in God's family. That Jesus died for me, he rose again, he's given me life, and now he's actually ushered me into a spiritual family that's going to protect me, that's going to support me, that's going to give me my identity, that is going to uh, help me to live out this Christian life all of my days. So if that's you, I really encourage you to do so. Secondly, the church is the hope of the world. The church is the hope of the world. Australia is not the hope of the world. Politics is not the hope of the world. Economics is not the hope of the world. Vaccines isn't the hope of the world. Education is not the hope of the world. If any of those things would work or give hope, then this world would already be turned around. The hope of the world is the spread of God's good news so that lives are changed and hearts are changed and families and marriages are saved. The only thing that's going to last is the church of God. 
So I highly recommend that we invest the rest of our life in that which is going to outlast our life itself because nothing else will. I want to close with this verse. Glory belongs to God in the church and in Christ Jesus for all time and all eternity. Glory belongs in two places, in, in Christ Jesus and in the church. So let's not knock the church. The church is God's bride, it's God's family, it's God's flock, and it's God's purpose for your life because you are called to belong. I'm going to finish that there. And I just wanted to um, open up the front now to anyone who feels like they've got something that they'd like to share with the congregation, uh, whether that be a word that's on your heart, whether that be something that's come out of your, your daily readings, uh, in your prayer life, anything like that. So if that's you, feel free to come down now. And we'll see what the law wants to say to us. Morning. Oh, sorry. It's falling apart. I've been thinking a lot lately about issues and things in life and I guess being part of pastoral care I think about people a lot and if there are things that are going on in their life I, I actually take it to heart and think about it and pray about it and I just keep thinking about that song turn your eyes upon Jesus look full in his wonderful face and the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace and I think that a lot of stuff in our lives that we're dealing with all the time becomes such a big thing to us. We worry about what's going to happen when we retire. Will we have enough money? Will we enjoy our job or get another one? There'll be so many things we worry about. But if we just get into the habit of turning our eyes to Jesus, then all these other things just pale into insignificance. Thanks, Sam. But this isn't a word as such, but... One of the things that, that's been mentioned this morning is about, especially in this environment we're in, how do we stay connected to people? And Gary and I have friends that live, you know, not near to us that we can't visit. And so um, we've both got Apple phones, so we ring them and then we put them on loudspeaker. So and they do the same at their end. And so we sit at the dining room table and we have a conversation with that other couple with Gary and I. And so, I mean, it's a silly thing and maybe all of you know how to do that and maybe you already do that. But if you don't, it's a great way to have a conversation with another couple. The other thing that um, I use my phone for quite often is that I connect to two or three other people at the same time. So using my phone, I could speak to Gary, Richard and Sam and they can speak to me all at the same time. So we can have a teleconference call using your phone. Now, I don't know whether any of you ever do that, but it's great. So I've been thinking of late, Gary and I have a friend who's terminally ill and we like to catch up with them every now and then for lunch or coffee if we can. That's not a sensible thing to do right now. 
but we still want them to know that we're thinking of them and we care for them so we can actually have a little teleconference call and we can talk to both of them at the same time. So it's just, sorry, it's a little practical thing that maybe you all know about it, but if you don't, you can use your phone in different ways to remain connected to people. I came prepared with one. <laughs> um, last weekend, I was um, able to catch up with um, some some friends I hadn't seen for 15 years. Back when I was in a band, uh, and we used to tour, we used to sleep in their lounge room and and pack the van and travel the country for two weeks at a time. And we spent a lot of time with each other, getting to know one another, and then uh, you know lives lives went their separate ways. Um, and uh, what I've been doing is I've been taking photos of my book readings on my phone so that in the day, uh, sometimes, you know, I might find that I've got time to read it and I don't have time in the morning, you know, a certain, certain time. So I've, I've actually been taking photos of the, of the daily readings in a few in advance so that, you know, I might be waiting for transport or, um, I was going to meet someone for coffee and they're not there yet, I could, I could spend that time to do, to do my reading. Um, so I had this stuff on my phone and I caught up with this guy and we hadn't seen each other for 15 years and over lunch he shared with me about how he had hoped that the band would go on and on and on and that that would be successful enough for that to be his career. Uh, and it got to the point where you know, the, the other band members didn't want to keep going. And, and so he kept the band going by getting other band members and, and hoping and recording that one day it would, it would sort of take off and, and he would find happiness <laughs> in the band. And, and he really opened up to me, and it was a real God opportunity, because he said to me, you know, I gave my life to this, and because I did that, I don't have a degree and I don't have a at an apprenticeship or a, you know, a trade or anything like that. And so he said, and so now I'm wondering what my calling is and what my purpose in life is. He actually said those words. And as he said them, I'm like, do you know, do you know the series that we're doing at our church right now? And I could get my phone out and I could send him the pictures that I took uh, of my daily readings that were exactly on what he was, was, was talking about. And a few days, a few days later, he contacted me. He said, "You don't know how amazing it was to to read that that thing." So, be like David Smythe used to say: "We're always open for business. If we are praying and we are aware of what God is doing in our relationships and in our lives, who knows how God's going to use even the simplest of conversations or the simplest of things like taking pictures of a a daily reading on your phone? Uh, because God wants to use us." And he wants to transform lives through us. So be encouraged by that. And uh, who knows what conversations you'll have with, with friends or, or family members in the coming months. And you might be able to use the things that you've been learning and reading about uh, in your daily readings in the book. We're going to stand together and we're going to sing to, to close our service this morning. going to sing a beautiful song that speaks of the goodness of Jesus. And I don't know uh, where you are in your life right now. You might be a bit weary, might be a bit anxious, but 
that we can find rest in his wondrous peace. goodness of Jesus that's all we need his hope and his peace and we've heard today from Ronnie and Sam both how we can help to share that even over our phones and just look for opportunities during the week to be able to do that with whoever we encounter they need to know the goodness and the love and the peace of Jesus Uh, we're still going to have prayer ministry this morning if you would like to come and pray about something that's on your heart if we could have two people come down now and take the baskets to be able to uh, make our offerings to the Lord as we leave and uh, then the meeting's closed so let's just close with prayer shall we Lord we thank you for all the blessings we have experienced here this morning the worship and prayers, the joy in our children, the sharing that we've heard. And uh, we just thank you, Lord, that as Willie said, to keep our eyes on you is the most important thing. And it's so good to be part of your family. You bless us in so many ways. And as we leave here today, we offer back to you part of what you have given us. Everything we have has come from you and we pray that you will use these gifts to grow your kingdom and to bless the people who need it the most. Be with us in the coming week. Help us not to be controlled by fear, but to act in faith and to share your love and peace and hope with those around us. Amen. Have a blessed week, everybody.